Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. Saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options. In stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Hello and welcome to For Fans Of, a recommendation podcast from Fansided Entertainment. I am your host, Shay Corrigan, and today I'm joined by Winter's Coming editor, Dan Selke, and Fansided staff writer, Brittany Frederick, to talk about two of their strongest recommendations for the week. But first, before we get to that, what is everyone watching this week? So The Boys aired its season two finale to much acclaim last week, wrapping up a sophomore run so allegedly good that it almost justified the relentless stream of promoted tweets pushed out. The highly anticipated premiere of Claire's season of The Bachelorette arrived on Tuesday and was, frankly, kind of boring. For more on that, please tune in to our Bachelor podcast, Can I Steal You for a Second, also available where all podcasts can be found. On Thursday, Netflix dropped Social Distance, and I quote, an eight-episode tragic comic anthology about the early days of the pandemic, following people as they try to stay sane and connected while in lockdown. Given that we're very much still trying to stay sane and connected in the middle part of the pandemic, that feels decidedly too soon, but Netflix top 10 will be the judge of that. In any case, Hulu is coming in hot on Friday with the premiere of Hellstrom, a series that Den of Geek describes as if Marvel tried to combine Lucifer and Constantine without the charm of either. So that's not super promising. But for those interested in suited superheroes of a different kind, HBO Max will drop a West Ring reunion special on Friday, perfectly timed to the release of Aaron Sorkin's latest project for Netflix, The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Now, though, I want to return to The Boys and bring in Dan. Dan, pitch me on The Boys. Okay, The Boys is fucking lit. Okay, what's great about The Boys is that it is a superhero show for our current moment. What are we doing? Like, there's a presidential election coming up. Kind of, uh, I feel like we have Marvel movies, we have DC movies. They're all more or less about kind of superheroes who are trying to do good. But we're living in a time where I think we're really ready for a blistering superhero satire. Like there's so much out there. You want some counter-programming, right? And that's what The Boys is. These superheroes are completely amoral, despicable, (laughs) violent, horrible, disgusting. It is pretty nihilistic, but... uh, Every once in a while, that can kind of serve as a nice tonic to a lot of other things going on. And it does really fit with the kind of the moment we're in. Like, people are very distrustful of people on high power. Um, and this the premise is kind of, what if the, the most powerful people were also the absolute worst? Which, you know, I mean, let, let, let's be honest, like, that <laughs> rings true sometimes uh, in our current moment. So it, it feels very relevant and also a lot of fun. Like, very gonzo storytelling kind of blood everywhere, a lot of violence, which you might not like, but also it's in that kind of exaggerated, funny way that you can enjoy it. Um, You know, good arcs, good acting. 
not like the highest of the high art, but definitely like timely is the word I keep wanting to use. A timely superhero satire drama for where we are now. You reference and DC pitch. and Marvel. Where does the boys kind of fit in there? How is it different from just, you know, queuing up another Marvel binge? Well, because in a Marvel movie, Captain America might save, I don't know, a group of nuns from a burning building. And this show, Homelander, kind of like the evil Superman analog, might instead, like, you know, fly by and laser them all in half just for kicks. Who's having a bad day. The premise is basically um, superheroes kind of as like corporate spokesmen, like they are big and they're big celebrities, but they are kind of sponsored by this giant corporation who's at the end of the day out for itself, wants to make money. So they use them as kind of like um, uh, spokespeople, flagship people, kind of front facing folk. But they personally, they're horrible. Like they have personal demons. They're very, very flawed people. And the show is trying to take them down. I like the boys are kind of this kind of ins- little insurgent group who want to defeat the superheroes. It's a twist. Obviously, it's not going to happen in Marvel or DC, where you're supposed to root for the heroes. You're supposed to root for Captain America, Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman, whatever. Um, it's a flip. And again, just there's so much superhero stuff out there that it, 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 it is nice to have something that comes at it from a very, very different angle. I like that it's like, it's still superhero content, but it's for the people who kind of like hate superhero content where it's like, you want, you want to watch, you still want the fights and the action, but you're like sick and tired of the superheroes themselves. I love that. Pretty much. I mean, it's really smart. Like I I keep wondering if maybe the superhero thing will burn itself out the craze and just like, we'll get fewer superhero movies in general. It appears to be people are just finding different ways to tell difference with superhero stories, which I guess is fun too. What would you say is the biggest surprise of the show? The biggest surprise of the show is, um, I guess, how there's room for it. Um, Like I just said, I should should have saved this, but um, I keep wondering if the superhero craze is is just getting overblown. You know, we have like so many superhero movies and TV shows on now. Marvel, DC, the MCU, the DCEU that I keep hoping like we're going to burn ourselves out eventually. Right. But and I admire shows like The Boys and Umbrella Academy on Netflix that are kind of just finding like a a new niche for themselves in this superhero space. Um, So I I guess the price that I'm I'm not bored of superheroes yet and that this kind of show is like injecting some new life into it, not making me wish this would just end already. That's never a feeling that you want watching a show, just the the slow dread of like, (laughs) I've committed, but I I don't want to be doing this anymore. so I've heard, I remember when the boys sort of premiered and everyone was like excited about this uh, satirical superhero show. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of seemed like it didn't really like land. I didn't hear yeah. much about it afterwards. I have been hearing about the second season from everyone on my Twitter timeline, everyone that I talked about TV. What makes, what has made, I guess, the second season such a must watch? Why, why can people not stop talking about it? This was definitely its year, its breakout year. I mean, I think first that happens sometimes with like second seasons, you know, the first season is kind of like a proof of concept thing. Like you prove that you can make this basically function the second season. Like you really get creative with it and kind of go deeper into the characters and the story. And I, and I think they did that. I also think a big difference is that this time they did the smart thing, Amazon, and released it one episode per week at a time, where before it was all at once. 
And there's been a lot of talk recently about like, I want to watch it all at once. And I think like if I were someone like Amazon or Netflix or whoever, wouldn't you want to release it once a week? Like the conversation can build so much more that way. And you've got a lot more folk talking, a lot more folk interested. I think that was a, I think that had a lot to do with it. And again, I, I also do think the second season um, was just very, very solid. And again, arrived at like the right time for people to have a show about taking down the very powerful who are corrupt. I think that is resonating with a lot of people right now. So good timing, good distribution and good show. Yeah, it's really interesting. I know uh, you um, edit and run our fantasy and sci-fi site that was formerly all Game of Thrones. So you know sort of very much the power of like that, as they said, like the last show that was must watch like in the moment TV. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting and I'd love to get your thought on sort of this, what feels like almost a swing back where Netflix ushered in this like drop it all at once, binge it in one weekend. And now we're seeing platforms kind of go back and see the benefits of of releasing week to week. Yeah, I'm all for it. Um, I mean, like I like the drop all at once model for some things, but I think when Netflix did it, it seemed like this is going to be the new normal. Like this is what it's just going to be like. And I like that people like Disney Plus with The Mandalorian pushed back. And that was another big hit right out of the gate. Amazon is now pushing back. Hulu does it a little, can like kind of go back and forth. Amazon like drops some things all at once and some things week to week. And I do like that there's more flexibility in the model now where at one point it seemed like there wasn't going to be. And again, I, I prefer the drip feed method. I like getting excited. I, I like talking in between episodes. I think it makes for I think it makes the conversation a lot more interesting. And I mean, and again, if I were a content producer, wouldn't you want to dominate the news cycle for 10 weeks? I would. So I feel like we're going to get a more of a shift to that. And I am uh, welcoming it. Yeah, I think it, it makes a really interesting just sort of additional consideration for uh, like show producers and creators because it does seem like it depends on the show. Like there are certain shows that oh, yeah. I feel like if you watched week to week, like the cracks would show, you would realize that like there is something, I don't want to use like the phrase junk food because I, I, I don't like to think of any uh, TV shows, even the bad ones is like being junk food or guilty. Like they're all great. Sure. Um, but like there are, there are shows that like are best consumed in one night or in like. Yes. Days. Yes. I agree with you. Um, so I, I just, I find it fascinating and perhaps a way that's not that interesting to the general public, but I always like to, I I'm so right there with you. Like, I think this topic is really interesting. I'm aware that other people are like, Oh my God, it's going to be a freaking show. But, um, yeah, I agree with you. There are some shows where it's better to do it all at once. I like that there's flexibility now. I just like that. It's not like a one size fits all. You have to do it all at once or don't do it at all thing. I like that you can pick and choose for the, for which shows to do, which shows not. You know, choose a show that would be good week to week. Do that week to week. If it's going to be good all at once, do it all at once. Absolutely. Um, so I said that I had mentioned and we talked about how the second season is just has blown the first out of proportion. Of oh, yeah. Does that mean I need to watch? Like, can I get away with starting at season two, episode one? I know. That yes, be- you can. And I did. Um, oh, yeah. Like I heard about the boys when it first premiered in season one. But I don't know. I was busy. Um, and then it it was getting so much buzz this time. I, I, okay. Don't tell anybody, but I skipped season one. I went back and then watched a few episodes of that, but I was like, I don't know. I get the premise. They're bad superheroes. Like I I can do this. And, um, yeah, it was fine. I mean, there's a couple little threads that you can like put together through context, but 
I wanted to get to the good stuff, I guess, the people that everyone was talking about. And I mean, like, look, we're not talking about Hamlet here. It's not like it's like a very you need to know every single detail of the first season to get a, what you need second. So I think you can start the first second season. I think you should feel free to and not feel guilty like some Mia Johnsons would want you to feel about it. <laughs> oh, no, we're going to have to give Mia Johnson a chance to come on and defend herself next week. Got to find a, a, a show that had a late season that was really good and just make her make the case for watching like four seasons of television in order to get to the one good one. Um, in any case, um, that sounds very promising. I think I am going to start with the second season because I, I've been sold on the concept, but I've been hesitant with the sort of amount of hours I would need to invest to get to what everyone is talking about. I hear you. If you're yes. telling me I can just jump right in. I might, I might give myself that liberty and do that. I mean, maybe there's a YouTube video that summarizes the first season in three minutes. You know, a lot of those are around. Um, yeah, I think it'd be fine. Excellent. Now, Brittany, you have been watching West Wing in anticipation of the live reunion. So again, superheroes of a different ilk, some might say. Why is that the show that you've been watching right now? Uh, well, the best part is this is the moment I think we've been waiting for for the better part of a decade plus. People have been campaigning for a West Wing reunion pretty much since the show went off the air. And it, it's never been the right time for a number of reasons. A lot of these actors have other projects and you have to have the right idea. And I, this really is now the time. Number one, it's in support of when we all vote. So we're getting out to drive the vote for the upcoming election. Number two, it just kind of the, the reverse of almost of what Dan was saying. It, it's the idealistic thing we can kind of latch onto in the middle of all the, the negativity of the election cycle and everything else going on in the world right now. Even just watching the trailer for this, I started to cry because I was like, I remember what it was like to watch this show that made me actually proud to be an American and inspired to say, I can go out and, and, and change things. I'm never going to be the president, unfortunately, but that was a, sh a show that made you want to go out and do better as a person in your community or, or just so it, it's really nice to have that back and also just to see how far some of these people have come. I mean, some of the, the cast members were well established when the show premiered, others less so. And now most of them are household names. And so it's really great to see the take on the same content almost 20 years after the episode originally aired. So it, it, it's fun in both ways. It's great for new people that maybe haven't gotten into it yet. But for those of us who were there from the beginning, you know, it, it's just wonderful to have this piece of great television back, even if it's only one episode. Yeah, that's, I didn't even think about some of the cast there. I remember watching or rewatching it uh, mm -hmm. in like 2012, 13 or so and seeing Elizabeth Moss and be like, oh my gosh, it's her. <laughs> Um, so that's a lot of fun. Uh, in your rewatch, has the West Wing aged well, do you think? Is it as far as like sort of returning to those uh, time capsule shows? How's it aged? It, it does. It still holds up to me. I think they also were pretty smart in avoiding a lot of, of specific references where you would go, oh, that's not a, you know, that person doesn't do that anymore or that doesn't really. A lot of the, the meat and potatoes of the show were, were bigger concept things or things that were involving fictional countries and fictional people that didn't exist. The one way it gets really trippy is exactly what you were saying. I was watching 20 Hours in America the other day and it's like, oh, it's a really young Amy Adams. And then in the next scene, hey, it's John Gallagher Jr. Remember before he was on the newsroom and then he was on Westworld? And so that's the fun part is to watch some of these people that you knew go on to do other things and then go, oh, this was cool. 
I, I feel like the the compliment of that is when like they're talking about like frustrations in the system that are still here. And it's like, oh man, we right. really haven't figured this out in a decade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it's one of those. It's it's an interesting thing. It's almost like an intellectual juxtaposition of, of where we are and where we were. I mean, watching. Hartsfield's Landing, the original episode, which you, I don't think you have to do if you haven't seen it before. But for those of us who who wanted to do it, you, you sit there and go, it was a really good episode that held up really well. But then you look at it again through the lens of the reunion with 20 years of more life experience and, and acting experience for some of these actors. Dulé Hill is a great example. The West yeah. Wing was Dulé Hill's breakout role. Dulé has gone on to do, obviously, Psych. You know, he was the lead in Suits, came into Suits and was a regular on that for a couple of years. He has grown and matured so much as an actor that he now takes on that role that same dialogue with a completely different perspective so that i think is is the real bit of it It, it's looking back in time in one way but at the same time it still feels timely and it still feels new because you're looking at it you know with additional perspective that you as a viewer and even some of the actors didn't have so yeah it's really interesting uh so then quick sidebar catch me and some of the listeners up on the buzz of this reunion special. What's the premise? So this is actually a stage performance of an episode from season three called Hartsfield's Landing, which is actually, if you haven't seen the show before, it's a mild spoiler alert. <laughs> this is during um, Bartlett's, the Bartlett's re-election campaign. The third season is he's just announced that he's going to run for re-election again. This is one of the kind of standalone episodes in the season where it's not as heavy on that. And they're kind of dealing with various crises through the microcosm of these chess games that Bartlett is playing with Sam and, and playing with some of the, the staff members. And so it's almost, basically it's a play. And if you've had a chance to see some of the plays that have been streaming internationally recently, it's just these actors, one theater, very sparse restaging of this episode. And almost all of the uh, original cast is back. The the one notable omission being John Spencer who played chief of staff, Leo McGarry. Uh, unfortunately, we lost him several years ago. But the cool thing is they've cast Sterling K. Brown from This Is Us to fill in for John Spencer, uh, which is great on multiple levels. Number one, obviously, tremendous actor. I think actually his work in American Crime Story, if you haven't seen it, is incredible. He doesn't get enough credit for that. Um, But he's also very different from John Spencer. So it's not like, hi, we cast somebody trying to imitate John Spencer or or trying to be similar in that same age group or demographic as John Spencer. It's totally different. It's a, a fresh voice, but at the same time, very respectful of what John Spencer had built and had brought to that role. So it's it's kind of a, a lovely little piece of theater. I like to think of it as a piece of theater. If you were a fan of the show, you're going to watch it for the nostalgia value. You're going to get excited. If you've never seen this show in your life, I beg you to watch it just because it's an incredible collection of talents. And I think it's still going to resonate today just because, you know, as we, Dan was talking about, this is some stuff that's really timely and, and really pertinent. So I, I, I seriously will bribe you and come to your house with a truckload of cash. If you haven't seen this show at all, don't be intimidated by that. Don't be intimidated by the fact you, you, it's in the middle of the third season. Watch <laughs> this. Enjoy it. And I guarantee you, you're probably going to get hooked and go back and watch the rest of the show when it's done. Oh, man. I love that casting of Sterling K. Brown. That's so interesting because Leo was such a such a great character that, you know, is so, I think, evocative for so many fans that, Sterling K. Brown, like you said, I think that decision to sort of go with a, an actor who is like also exceptional, but like very much his own is going to make it a really, really interesting uh, episode. Yeah. Um, now, I do want to ask a little bit more broadly and take this however you want. 
is The West Wing the best show about politics of all time? And if not, what is? I know we're gushing about it, but open open to a debate here. You know, you know, I, I actually am going to say yes to that, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Um, the interesting thing about The West Wing for me is the best TV shows, at least the ones that are nearest and dearest to my heart, are the ones that provoke discussion, are the ones that I walk away from saying, I want to go argue with somebody about that, or I want to think about that when it's done. And regardless of what your political beliefs were, I mean, The West Wing is a very Democratic-leaning show. That was no surprise. But it was that show that inspired people and provoked that kind of discussion to raise the debate. Politics is a show. It's one of those topics that have been covered by, by numerous other shows in one form or another. Designated Survivor comes to mind. You know, we just had that for three seasons. But there aren't political shows that really dig into the issues and kind of leave you with something. A lot of it gets bogged down in whether it's the scripted drama between political parties or political opponents like Designated Survivor did, or it just doesn't go deep enough. You know, The West Wing... The first four seasons, I, I have a problem with the latter three seasons uh, after Sorkin left. I think that the show lost quite a bit of itself in the final three. But those first four seasons, you know, you walked away feeling smarter and, and feeling moved and, and feeling like that was really cool and I want to do it again. Uh, I'll give you a really good example. When Joshua Molina joined the show for my fellow Sports Night fans uh, out there. <laughs> became a, uh, this is in the days before TV spoiler websites, so none of us knew this was happening. I kid you not, I jumped up off my couch, ran down the hallway to call my best friend, who was also a huge Sportsite fan, and screamed, Joshua Lane is in the West Wing now, you have to see this. And we literally got, we're celebrating this, because we were like, this is fantastic, Joshua Molina's is here, and we love him, and that's the kind of TV that that was, you know, and, and I don't think we've had a political show yet, and hopefully maybe we will, that, that will do that. And that's kind of why I'm like, don't do a West Wing reboot while we're on the subject, because yeah. I don't think you're going to get, uh, you can't just say, we're going to cast a bunch of new people and it's going to be like the next generation of the Bartlett White House and it's going to be great. That's not what made this show great. What yeah. made this show great was you had a bunch of smart people in a room who were daring to be idealistic and you can't replicate that cast and you can't replicate that writer. So this is the best thing we're going to get, which I think is another reason I'm really excited about it. This is what we want. This is what we need. And, and I don't think you're going to get better than this. I think one of my favorite, I don't know if it was a tweet or just a comment, and I wish I, I wish I could cite the person that uh, said it first, but that the West Wing is like the politics and the white, the DC that like we all want and Veep is the DC that we have. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm all aboard the idealistic or optimistic, I should say, optimistic vision of um, our future government. Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned as well that <laughs> having some feelings about when Sorkin left the show, um, similar question, different bent, uh, is West Wing the, your favorite or the best Aaron Sorkin project? Oh, there's two answers to that question. Um, <laughs> All right, we can, we can do it one at a time, favorite and best. I, I'm going to say favorite for me, and this is a purely a personal preference, I am still on board with Sports Night. And I will tell you, there are a number of reasons for that, um, not to be maudlin, but that is the Aaron Sorkin show that I started with. You mm. know, I was into, not to be a nerd, but I was into Sorkin before the rest of the world was into Sorkin, okay? <laughs> um, that's a show that's near and dear to my heart. Growing up in sports, that was the first show that I saw that really examined the impact that sports has, you know, in the community. And even from the pilot with the Intazaki Nelson story, um, that's a show that is dear to my heart for a number of reasons. The second episode, The Apology, uh, hit home for me. I lost a dear friend in a car accident um, about a 
couple of a bit a year after that episode came out and so that episode and, and josh charles performance in that episode meant something to me and that's the show too where i kind of decided that i wanted to be a screenwriter um you know i i knew that people got paid to make tv and i had always been a writer but i had never said to myself I can do the detail that I want in the format of a TV show until I saw that. And I said, that is exactly the kind of writer that I want to be. And so I changed my life based on that show. So to me, even now when I watch it, I get warm, fuzzy feelings and I start getting emotional. And then, then I go tweet Josh Charles on Twitter because Josh and I have now become friends. And so, you know, it's like, okay, Um, as far as I think the best of it, I mean, again, personally for me, I, I, I can't knock sports night off that pedestal, but in terms of, I think worldwide impact and cultural impact, you, you have to give it to West Wing. I mean, I, I don't think it's left the global consciousness since it aired. I, I think in one way or another, it's always been there. It comes up, whether it's, you know, Martin Sheen in single care commercials and they make a West Wing reference or, you know, one of us at some point will go, why can't we vote for President Bartlett? Or, you know, Bradley Whitford turns up in The Handmaid's Tale and we all freak out. I mean, it it, it never left. And I, I think everybody, regardless of your background, your affiliation at some point, could relate to it. So I, I think it's hard to knock that off the number one spot. Uh, I will throw this in there at number three, just because I feel like it doesn't get enough attention. The newsroom was brilliant. And I think the newsroom was far more brilliant than anybody gave it credit for. That show got savaged, I remember, in its first season and didn't deserve that kind of crap. And uh, so I, I would say, yeah, West Wing, West Wing has to be the best if you're looking at big picture impact. For me personally, it's, it's always going to be sports night uh at one point i threatened to name my children dan and casey i will not be doing that um and then if you haven't seen it i would urge you to go and and watch newsroom especially now i think watch it again i think people probably have a much different take on that show yeah there's really never i feel like i've run into the same uh quandary as you where it's like once you're introduced, you're always going to have favorites that are like have very special places in your heart, even if then you can like rationally acknowledge that maybe, you know, the other one deserves that top spot. It's like, yeah, but in my heart, it'll never have that top spot. I always got to go with the the original. The number of sports night references that still permeate my life are ridiculous. Um, every draft day, uh, my friends will call me and just randomly wake me up and say, by the way, happy draft day. Just because of the sports night episode about draft day, we actually, for some reason, draft day to us is now a holiday and just all these little things. So, yeah, that show, I, I will love that show for the rest of, of my life. That's amazing. I love TV and I love the impact TV can have on people. Uh, anyways, so there you go. If you're looking for something cynical uh, and satirical, but a lot of fun, watch The Boys. If you're looking for something optimistic and wholesome watch the west wing reunion special or just all of west wing in general thank you dan thank you Brittany, and thank you all for listening we will talk to you next week you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.